0: Welcome to Coming Home with Heather, a podcast for women on their journey of self-discovery and healing. I'm your host, Heather Stewart, and I'm here to guide you on your quest for self-love, acceptance, and unshakable confidence. I'm here to help you find unconditional love, deep healing, and connection. I hope to inspire you and to empower you on this journey of coming home Yourself. Welcome. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back. Yes, I took a couple of months off unannounced from not only the podcast, but also from most of social media. Uh, yeah, so it's good to be back. I, I needed a break. I wasn't planning on taking a break, but I listened to my body. I listened to my intuition and it was much needed and I'm re-energized, ready to be back fully in it. So here we go. So before I took my little unplanned hiatus, I had promised you guys that I would do a podcast episode on stress management so that's why we're here today. So in this episode we're looking at what is stress, the effects of chronic stress um, and then I'll give you some tips on on how you can reduce it. So if you're in my world in my space you know that I am an anxiety and confidence coach and so when we look at stress, we have to look at and we look at anxiety we have to look at, through the same lens of what stress is because anxiety is a stress response it's it's a biological response to an emotional stressor the same thing is happening in your body when you are um, highly heavily stressed so what is stress and we can also say what is anxiety right so stress is your body's physiological reaction to a challenge or a demand, it's a primal response to a threat or a fear and it engages your fight or flight mode. So, so we have to go back to um, the beginning in terms of our evolution to, to really put this into context. So when humans were first created, they had to fight really hard for survival, right? So every day was a test and the dangers were real, like being chased by a saber-toothed tiger real life or death and so this of course made us feel intense fear and it pushed us into that fight or flight mode because when our brain experiences intense levels of fear from any stimulus um, the brain says go fight or Run for your life. And this helps um, us prepare to either fight off a predator or do what we can to flee to safety. And this response to fear is a biological survival mechanism. And it's the reason why humans eventually made it to the top of the food chain. So that's why our bodies and our brains are biologically predisposed to a fear or a stress response. What does that look like in modern day life? So in our modern society, our saber-toothed tigers or our threats to our safety are stress from relationships, work deadlines, financial concerns, raising a family. If you look at anxiety, this can come from emotional trauma, deep emotional trauma. It can come from your lifestyle, right? The food you're putting into your body, things like that. While your life is not generally necessarily in danger, the same physiological process occurs as if it were. So today's threats, of course, you know, like we said, the deadline, news, global news, we're in a pandemic. If you've been, you know, alive and on any form of social media, then you know what's going on in places like Palestine. Um, in China, in Ethiopia, all of those places, you name it, at any point of time, there are global tragedies going on. This can, this can induce the same stress response in your body. When we talk about stress, whether it's caused by a physical stressor, an emotional stressor, if it's anxiety, we have to look at good stress and bad stress. So we have acute stress, which we can term as good stress. This is the short-term stress that you get when you're excited about something, you're, you're feeling that anticipation, you, it helps you avoid danger or to meet a deadline. Chronic stress, uh, this is the bad stress, this is the long-term stress. And this significantly impacts your physical and mental health. And right now we'll talk about why and how. So what happens in your body when you go into this fight or flight mode? The stress response biologically looks like this. So you feel fear for something, whatever is happening. Your brain, there's a there's a small uh, pe- part in your brain called the hypothalamus, this is an area in your brain and there's a tiny little organ called the amygdala and that is what manages your fight or flight response. So the amygdala says, mm, 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 abort, abort, run or fight and it It sends a a chemical signal to your adrenal organs which are located right on the top of your kidneys and it says pump out adrenaline and cortisol these are your stress hormones it pumps out adrenaline and cortisol into your system and this does a whole snowball of, of effects in different organs in your body. For example, it, di- it dilates your, your bronchia- bronchioles in your lungs so that you can get more oxygen to f- fuel your 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 muscles. It increases your heart rate, same thing, to pump more blood into your muscles. It increases your blood pressure, again, sending more blood, more oxygen to your, to your body, to your muscles. It decreases your digestive system so that all available energy is going to usually your limbs, your, your arms, your legs, to get you out of there or to give you the strength that you need to fight. And it, your, your, it tells your liver to immediately convert more um, glucose, more glycogen into glucose. So it, it, it pumps your um, body full of blood sugar. It increases your blood sugar so that you have the energy that you need to do what you got to do to survive. So that's what happens. Signals from your brain goes to your adrenal glands, ad- adrenaline and cortisol go out, and it tells your body, it gets your body physically ready for this. That's anytime you are, are highly stressed. So, what is chronic stress look like? We know, like boom, you get scared by something, you gotta run or something, and then that's what happens. But what about chronic stress? Chronic stress is when this is happening on a relatively lower level, but consistently, on a consistent daily Basis, which means because we're talking about the stress hormones adrenaline and cortisol cortisol if you have chronically high levels of cortisol because you're constantly in this stress response mode has a myriad of negative effects on your body it leads to adrenal fatigue because your adrenal glands are constantly pumping out these stress hormones it causes an imbalance of hunger hormones so um, it increases your, the hunger hormone and it decreases the, the hormone that tells you that you're satiated, satiated or you're full. And so that's where you get cravings for salty, sugary, high carb foods because that's going to give you more um, blood sugar because your body thinks that it needs to pack on um, energy so that it can do what it's got to do to help you survive it causes sleep deprivation because you have these high levels of a stress hormone. You might have insomnia. You might, um, when you go to bed, you get those ruminating thoughts, intrusive thoughts. And it's a really uh, bad thing because when you sleep, that's when your body actually helps you metabolize these stress hormones. So if you've got high stress hormones consistently, you're not sleeping, you're not re metabolizing them. It's just a vicious cycle. It increases um, chronically levels high levels of cortisol increases your chance of developing a chronic illness because of chronic inflammation when cortisol goes into your body it makes your blood acidic it makes your body acidic it actually makes your skin taste more acidic to ward off predators and so this this acid in your system causes inflammation the board which causes in in the long run it can cause heart disease high blood pressure diabetes arthritis anxiety depression you name it it can also cause stubborn weight around the midsection like I said your body is pumping out with the high stress hormones you're pumping out blood sugar which is going to cause you to go into what we call insulin resistance because your body can't keep up with it and so you're just putting on anything that you put into your body you it's, it's converting into fat and so you're you've got that stubborn midweight weight um, weight around your midsection it actually this is very interesting it shortens the telomeres on your DNA if you can tell I'm nerding out here because psychology and brain stuff this is all very fascinating to me I hope it's fascinating to you too if it's not check into another episode for more woo <laughs> It shortens the telomeres on your DNA. What are the telomeres? So your DNA is comprised of chromosomes, right? Biology 101. And your chromosomes, on the end of your chromosomes, there's an end cap on either end of your chromosome. And this is what we call the telomere. And as you age, the telomeres become shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter until eventually they disappear and that's when you die. Stress shortens the telomeres faster. So it essentially makes you age faster. I know I'm blowing your mind right now. Um, And because of that kind of thing, it causes brain fog, it causes memory issues. it's, It's no good. We don't want chronic stress. We don't want consistently higher levels of cortisol and that is what is happening if you are either in just a chronic state of stress because of your lifestyle because of your job because of your experiencing extended generational trauma like what's happening in many parts of the world or if you have chronic anxiety so When we think about stress, we have to think about how we want to reduce it then, right? We know the problem. We've got too much stress. We know what's happening in our bodies. How do we reduce it? First we have to look at how we do not reduce it. So many people, I would say most people, usually go with a a more unhealthy option for stress reduction. So what we want to do is we want to avoid any addictive action that gives us the illusion of the stress falling away. This can be stimulants like caffeine. Some people say, Oh, I need a coffee. It calms me down. No, it doesn't. It increases the stress response. It causes your body to, to, that's why you feel awake when you drink caffeine because it tells your adrenal glands pump out more cortisol and that wakes you up. So stimulants, retail therapy. If you're going shopping to fill a void, it feels good in the moment, but it has no long-term benefits. Denial and avoidance, I can talk about this more in another episode, but avoiding what is causing you stress or causing you anxiety actually increases it over time. Lashing out, so that's an unhealthy release. So you know, lashing out in anger at a loved one or someone close to you because you know you're building up you're building up you're building up and boom it might feel good in the moment but the, the 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 collateral damage is is not worth it substance abuse and emotional eating so substance abuse in terms of drugs or alcohol and emotional eating both of these are numbing behaviors they're numbing behaviors you are you are trying to get temporary satisfaction from something to numb yourself against the pain rather than you know, sitting with it and working through it. Self-harm must be addressed. I don't want to go too much into that. But yes, self-harm is an addictive behavior that many people use as a form of stress reduction, that, that high and then that release. And also the wallowing, the dwelling, d- dwelling the pitying, getting yourself stuck in that cycle of negative thinking. is not how you reduce stress. So how do we do reduce stress? We have to get into, so we have the fight or flight mode. The opposite of that is rest and digest. And that's when you're relaxed, you feel good when you're sleeping, your body is in rest and digest mode. That's why we need more sleep, seven to eight hours a night. So how do we get into this rest and digest mode? If we're experiencing con- chronic stress, first thing you can always do is breathing breath work. This is a physiological way to interrupt that stress response. And so, one technique that I use with all my clients is called box breathing. And so, what you do is you take a deep breath in. You can do this with me right now. You take a deep breath in for four seconds. One, two, three, four. Hold the breath for four seconds. One, two, three, four. And now, breathe out. One, two, three, four. And hold. One two, three, four. You can repeat that until you feel a little bit calmer. What that does, what any type of breath work does is it stimulates the vagus nerve that is located right under your diaphragm and that nerve is directly connected to your brain. And if you are um, breathing very deeply, it's massaging that nerve and it's telling your brain, I'm safe. Everything's okay. You can calm down now. And so it's sending a signal to your brain, stop, telling my body to freak out. <laughs> Feel and write. It's the next in the thing that you can do. This is where journaling comes into play. So we, I talked, I, I touched on the idea of avoiding something that is causing you pain. This can be an emotional, um, more of an emotional, pain of of course if something is causing you physical pain you definitely want to avoid that but we're talking emotional pain so if you know you feel fear if you feel worry if you feel doubt if you feel unsafe if you feel grief um, guilt anything like that feeling it actually sitting with it and feeling it allowing these negative feelings to rise feeling through it and then writing about it journaling and getting it all down asking yourself questions is a really wonderful way to kind of sort things out in your mind like because if your body's going crazy your mind is going to go crazy too. So it's uh, journaling is a wonderful way to not only release that tension that stress put it on the paper but it's also a very good way to sort through things because as you're writing things are going to come up and you'll gain more clarity as you go especially if you have guiding questions which is what something that I do with all of my clients is provide them with guiding questions for journaling to really get deep 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 into what's going on inside one important lifestyle change you must make if you are experiencing chronic stress or chronic anxiety is nutrition. You must limit processed foods, fast food, limit caffeine. You must reduce caffeine. I I touched on that before. Caffeine throws your body into into a stress response just and if you are predisposed to anxiety, cut the caffeine, cut the caffeine, cut the caffeine. You want to eat more whole foods, so fresh fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, whatever lifestyle choice you choose, if it's more of a vegan, vegetarian, or if you're a meat eater. Limit processed foods, junk foods, anything that is in a box. If you can't read half the ingredients, take it out of your pantry, you want more whole foods. Make sure you're getting enough sleep, that's the next thing, seven to eight hours of good quality restful sleep every night. As much as you can. If you can't get it every night, if you're a, a napper like me, some days I can't get my full uh, sleep that I need, and so I'll take an afternoon nap just to recharge. So, per day in 24 hours, try to get seven to eight hours of sleep. Again, that's going to help you re metabolize those stress hormones so that you're able to recover, get into rest, digest, your body is recovering. That's why we need sleep, is for our body to just go through the process it needs to go through to recover. Um, So that we can show up powerfully in our lives. Make sure you're getting in light exercise. Um, I would say five days a week light exercise if you can't do something every day this doesn't have to be running a marathon or going to the gym and lifting weights although those are wonderful forms of exercise this can be stretching it can be running around and playing with the kids it can be yoga it can be just riding a bicycle down the street for a little while taking the dog for a walk right or it can be something more structured like an actual workout at home or in the gym Um, it can be playing a sport whatever uh, whatever floats your boat, find something that you enjoy doing and move your body. 150 minutes, get your heart rate up. 150 minutes per week. If you if you do five days a week, that's 30 minutes a day. You can manage that. Make it make pr- make it a priority. It's going to help you, again, re-metabolize using those stress hormones for something productive, and then it's going to increase the feel-good hormones like dopamine and serotonin that are going to make you feel happier. And the endorphins that just rush through your body make sure next step is to make sure that you declutter your home declutter your workspace make sure you don't have too much stuff around if you're anything like me if your space is in chaos your mind is going to be in chaos so try to keep things uh, clean organized put away as much as you possibly can and that's going to create kind of a safe environment for you to sort through what you're going through make sure that you plan and delegate so plan what i do is every week i start at the beginning of the week what do i have to do this week i prioritize my tasks and then i delegate anything that i don't necessarily have time for to someone else whether it be my husband whether it be hiring a service provider like a cleaner or something like that. If you have children, um, getting childcare from a family member or daycare, something like that. I know we're in a pandemic and it's different right now, but asking for help so that you can create a safe, quiet space for you to do what you need to do. And make sure that you're not getting burned out and overwhelmed with all of this. And the next thing, final thing, is mindfulness. Mindfulness. What does mindfulness look like? Mindfulness looks like it just the general definition is bringing yourself into the present moment. This is really important to consider if you are struggling with something like depression or anxiety. Putting it into perspective, essentially, what depression is is ruminating over things that have happened in the past. You're dealing with regret, you're dealing with guilt over things that have happened in the past. Anxiety is ruminating over things that are going to happen that may or may not happen in the future. And so you're stressed about what might happen, you're afraid about what may or may not happen, you're insecure about what may or may not happen, you're feeling unsafe. That's what those two things are. And so mindfulness is very powerful in order to bring you back into this present moment, which is the only thing that you can control. You cannot control the past. You cannot control the future. You can only control what you're doing right now. And mindfulness will help to give you the illusion, essentially, that you have control. What does mindfulness look like? It can be something like meditation because you close your eyes, you get into a very calm state. You focus on your breath in this present moment. It can also be something very intentional that you do with your conscious mind, like the five, four, three, two, one technique. So this is where you come into the present moment. You notice five things, you point out five things that you can see, four things that you can touch, three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell and one thing that you can taste. Five, four, three, two, one. And as you're going through that, you notice each thing, you name it, you notice the color, the texture, something like that. And it pulls you into the present moment because you're focusing on that thing only. And again, what that does is it ensures your mind and your brain that you are safe and it gets you out of that fight or flight mode. And when we talk about stress and anxiety, that is the ultimate goal, to get ourselves out of the fight or flight mode, to reassure ourselves that we are indeed safe, that our lives are not being threatened per se, and to be able to self-soothe in that moment. So I hope that these tips have helped you see where in your lifestyle, where in your life you can make very small intentional changes uh, to help to manage your stress i'm curious to know what you decide to do which changes you'd you decide to commit to don't try to do them all at once transformation is consistent intentional action over time, over time being the key phrase there. So choose one or two, maybe three things that you will, you, you are confident that you can commit to. For now, take consistent action on those. Make a plan, take the action, keep track of it if you want, you can t- keep track in a journal or a phone, and see how that impacts your mental And physical and emotional health and I would love to hear how that's going for you and what what changes you see in the short term and the long term please leave comments below you can contact me on my in my Instagram as well I would love to share your progress with the greater community and with that I will sign off for now and I will see you all next week for the next episode thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so that more people around the world will be able to hear it too. And remember, keep exploring, keep growing, keep loving on your journey home to yourself.